Welcome to Cornerstone, a podcast by Rebuild Fellowship. On today's episode, Pastor Chuck begins a new message, which is titled, Help is on the Way. This message returns to our Bear Witness series we've been working through, and the text for this message can be found in Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 40. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Acts chapter 8 right now as we join in with Pastor Chuck. Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, we have been, um, our annual series, the theme for this year for us is to be a witness, to bear witness to and for the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to be those that give, that provide evidence, that are willing and, and ready to give a testimony to prove his worth and to proclaim his work to prove his worth and to proclaim his work. That's been our theme for the whole entire year. And we've started out in the book of Acts and then we looked at the, the, the great commandment where God told us to love him with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength and to love our neighbors as we loved ourselves. And then we got back into the book of Acts and then we spent some time in, in the Psalms and our Sum in the Psalm series. And now we're coming back to the book of Acts as we continue on understanding what it means to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we got into this, uh, Pastor KJ uh, walked us through the last time we gathered before our Summer in the Psalm series, Pastor KJ beautifully, by God's grace, walked us through Acts chapter 6 all the way to the front part of Acts chapter 8, which is where we'll be. I'm actually going to skip a few sections of Acts chapter 8 and bring us to the very end part, starting at verse 26, so you can go ahead on and meet me there. But that's what we'll be looking at today, and I want to thank you, Pastor KJ, for serving and leading us in that way and rebuild family. I want you to go back and listen to that message sometime in the very near future. He gave us 12 characteristics, if you will, 12 characteristics of what it means uh, to be a radical witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. What that means as a praying and obeying church. And so I want you to go back and listen to that message. And we're going to actually continue to build off that here today. And so as you do that, Acts chapter 8, verse 26 through 2040, 26 through verse 40, I'm going to give you the title of my message from the very beginning. Help is on the way. Help is on the way. Um, there was back in 2010, during the summer 2010, late summer of 2010, uh, my family and I, we went on a family vacation down to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And it was during that time, it was the day before we were actually getting prepared to end our family vacation, that I was in a jet ski accident. And in that jet ski accident, uh, I broke my foot. But in breaking my foot, I also had a very uh, deep laceration on my foot. It was actually in the shape of an L. Uh, so my left foot, it was cut and it was cut open and we were in this body of water that is very nasty, very filthy, very dirty. And so the time that it took me to get out of the water and get to shore, I probably had been a couple of minutes and because of that, uh, that nasty water began to infect my foot. I ended up getting to shore and then all of a sudden, uh, as we were starting to go and try to get help, there was a glimpse of help by way of a family coming on their boat. And I could hear the phrasing over and over to say, help is on the way. Help is on the way. And this family came. They stopped. They put me on their boat. And they carried me a mile and a half up to the next pier where I got to the emergency medical crews. They rushed me to the hospital. And the rest is history. Why do I give you that story? I give you that story, Reba family, because I want you to know not only 
no matter what life situation that we're in, does God supply help because he is our help. He told us in his holy word that Jesus said it was necessary for him to go so that he would send the helper and the helper would dwell within us and he would live uh, with us. And so because of that, I want you to know and I want you to be encouraged with the truth that God does provide help. He tells us, look to the hills from which cometh our help. All of our help comes from the Lord. He wants us to know that help is on the way. So whatever you're dealing with right now, whatever you're facing right now, would you say that in love and in faith and prophetically to one another? Put it in the chat right now. Help is on the way. Help is on the way. No matter how heavy the season of life is for you, no matter how challenging it is for you right now, I want to encourage you with the love of the Lord through his uh, um, revelation to me in this moment that help is on the way. Not only has he sent help for us, but we're going to look at today what it means to be the help for others. That God has sent us to be help. And you heard me say this phrasing a lot of times that he has caused us and called us to be light in the midst of darkness. And so, family, I want you to not only is help on the way for us and where we are in our life situations, but we are to also be help for others as we bring forth light in other people's dark situations. And that can play out in a number of forms. And so today, as we continue to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to go and grow, I want to show us four takeaways that the Lord has revealed to me for us in this current season. But dare I even say, go and take it a step further and to say for all seasons in the life of his church and its people. Again, these are things that he has revealed to me for us in this current season and for all seasons in the life of this church known as Rebuild Fellowship and its people. And here the Holy Spirit, through these uh, 15 verses that we'll see from, from Acts uh, uh, chapter 8, verses 26 through 40, there's four of key takeaways I want to give to you right now. Here's the first one. The Holy Spirit helps us to go for Christ. The second thing that the Lord will show us through this passage of Scripture is that the Holy Spirit helps us to know Christ. The third thing that we see the Holy Spirit helping us to do is to show for Christ or to show Christ. And lastly, the Holy Spirit helps us to follow Christ, to follow Christ. One faith brother um, years before us has said this. He says, I have but one candle of life to burn and I would rather burn it out in a land filled with darkness in a land flooded with light. Let me say that one more time. He says, I have but one candle of life to burn and I would rather burn it out in a land filled with darkness than in a land flooded with light. So family, I want to, by the spirit of the true and living God, call us up today. I want to call us to take a next step of growth in our walk and in our relationship with Christ Jesus in service to him for our good, for the good of those around us and connected to us and for his glory, most importantly. We've been family when we last gathered together in Acts, as I mentioned earlier, before I summon the Psalm series, Pastor KJ 
walked us through Acts chapter 6, going through the first part of Acts chapter 8. And again, I want to make sure that I stress this. He listed out for us 12 characteristics that we see from that um, large passage of text. And that teaches us that praying and obeying churches produce radical witnesses who proclaim and demonstrate God coming kingdom for the joy and good of others. He led us to know and understand. Let me restate that again. He led us to know through the Holy Scriptures, through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, that praying and obeying churches produce radical witnesses who proclaim and demonstrate God's coming kingdom for the joy and good of others. And again, I highly recommend you go back and listen to that message. And so, Rebuild, you heard me say, if we're known for anything in the Triangle area, in our city of Durham, Raleigh, and the surrounding communities, I want us to be known as a praying and obeying church. That will be for our good. It'll be for the good of others. But most importantly, it will be for the glory of our God. And in this next section of Acts chapter 8, where the Lord provides us an account of his servant Philip, I want you to see how Philip was modeling and doing the same how he was helping to be an example within the faith community of what it means to be a man of God who prays and obeys the Lord Jesus Christ. So pick me up in Acts chapter 8, verse 26. I'll be reading from the English Standard Version this morning. Verse 26 says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go towards the south to the road that goes from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come, listen, to Jerusalem to worship. Verse 28, and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. So here it is. We see God speaks and his servant moves accordingly and immediately. God speaks to Philip, and Philip being a servant to the Lord God Most High, he moves immediately and according to the instructions that he was given. And if I would say this about myself, and I, would, and I can dare to even stretch out to say about each and every one of us, obedience is an area that we all can grow in. Obedience is an area that we all can grow in. Listen how I want to define obedience for us today. It is dutiful commitment to hearing, trusting, and applying God's word to our lives in submission to his lordship for our good and for his glory. Listen to how I'm defining obedience for us today. Listen, it is dutiful commitment to hearing, trusting, and applying God's word to our lives in submission to his lordship for our good and for his glory. So this is an area, obedience, that we all can grow in. Can we just be honest? Can we put a raise hand in the comment section if that's you? And it should be all of us. All of us can grow in our understanding and the application of applying God's words to our lives. When God speaks, we move, just like the old hip-hop song saying, the young folks used to say, when he moves, when he speaks, we move just like that. 
And so that's what we're striving to do today. We're striving to understand what it means to grow in our obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ and how that has an immense impact on the world around us. Our, our immediate world, our family, our, our immediate close family members, our co-workers, our neighbors, and extends out to the very ends of the world. I love what Elizabeth Elliot says about this. She says, a whole lot of what we call struggling is simply delayed obedience. Some of the things that we may be wrestling right now, if we're honest, Rebuild Family, could it be because we haven't obeyed God with what he has told us to do here and now? Let that pause for a minute. Could it be, could it be that we're struggling with something right now and it's not because we have necessarily committed any wrong act say that lightly, say that loosely, but maybe, which this is a wrong act, is not moving when God has told us to move, not acting on what he has called us to act on, not believing as he has called us to believe. Could it be that we're experiencing some measure of struggle, not all, some measure of struggle because we haven't obeyed God with what he has currently told us to do in a certain life situation or matter? And this is important for us to highlight because Jesus says, if you love me, in John 14, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So the main way that Jesus told us that we would display that we love him, not in lip service, this is how we enact love service, he said we would keep his commandments. And here we see Philip being asked to go to the desert a dry place after being in Jerusalem, a thriving city where ministry is going forth and flourishing. Listen, he chose the Lord's commission over his comfort. I remember at one point, this was probably about, oh man, how long ago? This is probably at least maybe about 10 years ago. I remember the Lord spoke this, uh, what's this, year 2022? No, let me go back about seven, eight years. And I remember the Lord spoke this. He said, um, son, there's no comfort in my commission, but there's a promise for my purpose. I was wrestling with some things in ministry. I was scratching my head and I was getting to the point literally where I wanted to watch this. I wanted to turn my back and go in the other direction. Not that I wanted to turn away from the Lord, but the thing that he was calling me to do, I was saying it was too hard for me. And in all actuality, yes, it was too hard for me. But what the Lord was reminding me was, is there anything too hard for him? And so in this place, the Lord was saying, there's no comfort in my commission. If you look at Matthew chapter 28, if you just read about what the early church went through, what the apostles went through to get the name and fame of the Lord Jesus out there, it was a very difficult way of life. And he said, there's no comfort in my commission, right? It's not easy. Jesus said, in this life, we'll have trials and tribulations, but do not lose heart. I have overcome the world. And in the Great Commission passage, he says this. Watch this. He says, but I'll be with you until the end of the age. Oh, my brothers and sisters, if you could take comfort from anything in this moment, would you take comfort in, in, in the, the, the true, sure word that God is with you? His name bears that truth. He's Emmanuel, God with us. Can somebody just literally just kind of just touch yourself and just hold yourself, just grab yourself like this as a symbolic way of professing your faith and declaration and standing on the truth that God is with you. 
that is with you. Maybe you want to hold your hand and do it this way. Maybe you want to extend your hands out as if you're grabbing the Lord's hand and say, God, I know you're with me. Comfort yourself in this moment. Encourage yourself in the Lord as King David did and say, God, I know you're with me. I know you're with me. And so, listen, Elizabeth Elliot, I love what she, I, I, just, I just love some of the ways she has communicated and, and encouraged the believers to continue steadfastly in their relationship with him. She says, when obedience to God contradicts what I think will give me pleasure, let me ask myself if I love him. She says, when obedience to God contradicts what I think will give me pleasure, let me ask myself, do I love him? Will you ask yourself that question right now? Will you allow the Holy Spirit in this moment? Let's, let's be family right now. Let's be family. Anything that he may be bringing to light right now. Is there a place in your life where you have been seeking comfort? You, you, you're thinking this thing is going to give you pleasure. You're thinking this thing is going to give you strength. You're thinking this thing is going to give you peace. You're thinking this thing is going to give you joy. But in reality, all you're doing is just really just turning your back away from the joy and the strength and the peace and the hope and the health that we have in Christ Jesus. Would you ask yourself at that moment, does this thing really communicate my love for King Jesus? It's a, again, this is an area, obedience that is, that area that we all can grow in. When obedience to God contradicts what I think will give me pleasure, let me ask myself if I love him. Remember, we're striving together to be a praying and obeying church that is rooted in his teachings and abiding in his spirit. And so, family, these questions for us that we ask, we need to be very intentional about these things on, watch this, on a day-to-day -day basis. Not just on a Sunday morning when we all come together and we're in the Word together. That's a beautiful time to do that, yes. But we need to do that day in and day out. When, 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 when I'm getting ready for work or when I'm in the car heading towards work and I'm going to drop the kids off at school or I'm picking them up from school or I'm at lunch break or I'm running to the department store or going for this or that, do I, is, is this thing the obedience that God is calling me to and I'm bucking up against? In that moment, I got to stop, pause, breathe, and ask the question, God, do I love you? And the Bible says, if we do, we'll prove that by keeping his commandments. Jim George says it this way. He says, when you yield yourself in complete and wholehearted obedience to God, he can do great things through you. When you yield yourself in complete and wholehearted obedience to God, he can do great things through you. That's what we're hoping to be as a church body an instrument in God's redeeming hands that he can do great things through. He can bless this city. He can use us to help decrease violence in our city. He can help uh, build relationships within our city against those of, of distant social economic class, those across race lines, and the list goes on and on and on. He can help us to do great and mighty things here on the earth to bring healing to our land if we would be ones that would yield ourselves in complete and wholehearted obedience to God. And that's where we'll stop and pause for today. Thank you for taking your time with us today. If you would like to learn more about our church or have us pray for you in any way, 
you can find us at www.rebuildchurch.com. That is www.rebuildchurch.com. Our church meets in Durham, North Carolina, and if you're looking for a church to attend, we'd love to have you join us. We meet weekly at 10 a.m. on Sunday, and you can find more details about what to expect and where we are on our website. You can also find our full services on our YouTube channel. Please join us for our next episode as Pastor Chuck continues his message titled, Help is on the Way. Thank you.